Holes in your mark, podcast show, bad mothers, holiday. Sunday, 7th of January, still at the pub. Woke up this morning to find John Boy, red-eyed and quiet, automatically spilling frosties into his mouth, between swigs from a giant tea mug. John Boy's teeth were like were a weird grey-purple colour. He smelt like an old tramp. His attempted man-bum was straggling over his hair. Daisy said, Oh boy, smelly like we. Asked John Boy why he smelt like a smelt boo, stale booze and teeth like a Victorian chimney sweep. John Boy said his new girlfriend, Gwen, had dumped him. I learnt the whole story through big swigs of sugary tea. Glenn texted John Boy yesterday and said he was seeing someone else. Miss Chua's doing and university. John Boy called Gwen over 20 times, but she wouldn't answer her phone. Heartbroken, he bought a £4.99 bottle of King's Oak Creme Sherry, drunk the whole thing and fell asleep on the park bench. Treat red sherry explained John Boy's purple teeth. I put my round arm around John Boy and told him it would be alright. Couldn't think of anything else to say, so opted for the cliche, there are plenty of fish, more fish in the sea. John Boy said he hated fish. He spent the morning watching Rocky 1, 2 and 3 back to back and strapped his prosthetic leg on and went off to the shops. An hour later, John Boy returned with two bottles of King's Oaks Creme, a huge bag of pick and mix sweets for a daisy and a Liverpool football kit for Callum. Callum was delighted with the football kit, declaring it well ace. And bringing my phone to take selfies, borrowing my phone to sell selfies. The age of six to seven kit was a bit big for Callum, because he was small for his age, but Callum declared his baggy parents to be growing room in it. That's better value. Nice that he listens to Dad sometimes. Callum made his selfies, believing he looked like Jamie Foxx from the new movie, new Annie movie. John Boy put him straight. You're not black enough, mate. More sort of milky tea colour. Callum was disappointed. I I got a sort of afro, haven't I? No, mate, said John Boy. Having train lines shaved on your head is not the same as an afro. Callum looked sad about this. His dad, who he never sees, mixed race, half Caribbean, half Norwich. Callum always hoped to become a black football player. John Boy put jelly rings on Daisy's fingers and laced up Callum's boots football boots saying you kids are the only things keeping me right now keeping me going right now if you were for you two i'll never smile again hurt felt hurt by this after all i comforted him earlier made him that about made that carrying plenty of sea fish and sea comment evening popped up to the car out to the cop after tea with some for some crack cream crackers and tomato soup while mum and dad watched daisy while I was in a co-op, Mum phoned with a bright idea for a curious morning, for curing morning sickness, an all-inclusive holiday to Greece. I found a cracking deal for me, Mum told me. The teletext people are on the line right now, ready to book us all in. Your dad and I will pay for it. It's all cheap as chips. Only £180 per person, including flights, assessing it costs to live at home. How... How would an all-inclusive holiday make help my morning sickness? I asked. All the food, said Mum. You get much choice of those. So much 
choice of those all-inclusive buffets, fruit, cheese, a lot. You're bound to find something you eat. You know, you can't cure morning sickness with food, I said. Food is what makes me feel sick. Well, a few Coca-Colas in the sunshine won't hurt, Mum responded. It's something to look forward to. Pregnancy is so miserable. At the end of it, all we'll get it, a screaming baby. Oh, you get a screaming baby. Oh, inclusive holidays aren't the place for a pregnant person. I said, I can't eat a normal capacity. I can't drink alcohol. I ain't cost-effective. I won't be able to sit around being big and pregnant, watching someone else get pissed and enjoy themselves. Mum told me I was, a bloody, I was bloody miserable. She's right, I am bloody miserable. And that's what pregnancy does for you. Now, the moment Mum hung out, I regretted my grumpy snap decision. A holiday would be nice, even if I didn't drink alcohol or overeat. It's very generous of Mum to pay for me. Phone back. Phone Mum back. The line was gauged. By the time I got through, Mum already booked the holiday for the rest of the family. It's fully booked now, love. There's always next year, but of course. By then you have a baby and a toddler. You can forget. Don't forget you have to pay full whack for Disney's days of flight now she turns when she turns free. But never mind. Dad came into the line and said on the line said, So not all bad news, love. Your mum has agreed to a family come family camping trip at the end of June. You can look take a lovely trip with Duffy and Kane in the great outdoors. I have a bloody I've not bloody agreed, Mum shouted in the background. It's very minute of you to say that, Bob. All I did was mention the dry rot in the caravan. Faint dad was trying to cheer me up. There's no no way I was going camping, and from Mum's shouting and swearing in the background, there's no way she's going either. Then, when I got back from the co-op, Brandy and Mum were colouring their hair in the kitchen. They're both wearing dressings round. Brandy's skinny figure and push-up bra were wrapped in mon- mon- monogram Barbie pink. Mum's bulging bosom and stomachs bolted her favourite leather print. Benny had foils all over her hair, head and full face of makeup, including cream foundation, thick eyelashes, faces, flashes of dark eyeliner and matty red lipstick. Do you want me to give you some of your some blonde highlights? Brandy asked. Your roots are an inch nearly an inch long, it looks like Daisy felt tipped to the top of your head. Thank uh, but I learned from Parson Lake, Brandy always give me white blonde hair, no matter what tasteful subtle blonde shade I have regressed. I asked why Brandy was painted a pink colour into mum's foils rather than the usual bluey white peroxide. Mum fancied a change, said Brandy, and the pastel tone of blonde is very in very in this year. When Brandy finished, Mum was delighted for a new pinky blonde look. Yeah. I look like one of those red, real orange housewives, said Mum. I was too busy to say she looked like a stick of candy floss. Monday, 8th of January, John Boy's Mum, Auntie Trina, phoned at 3am this morning. I've seen it on Facebook, Auntie Trina screeched in a lovely Irish accent. He's not with Gwen anymore. Her profile thing says he's single. I'm worried about my boy. I can't be without a woman taking care of him. He doesn't know the first thing about bacteria. He's not, he's just, he got a person taking care of him. Auntie Trina, I read it, assured him. He's in a pub with mum and dad. Arturina screeched. He's late dressing his knees washing and ironing every day. Will you, you, will I, 
will who will do it? It seems to have a he doesn't seem to have a girlfriend at that point. Mum's out of the bathroom. Blonde hair sticking out all over the place and stacks the phone. For Christ's sake, Trina, it's three AM in the she will let's all get some rest. Then Mum slammed the door down and stumped back to bed. Tuesday, ninth of January. Woke this morning to hear Auntie Trina banging on the door front door. Mum strumped downstairs shouting and swearing. I heard door open. Auntie Trina shouting and swearing back. Then Mum and Auntie Trina had a scream of action on the doorstep. Seen heard reference to Mum's pink hair and Auntie Trina's eighties leather jacket. Mum pleaded with both of them to stay calm and not to hit each other. After ten minutes of shouting, Mum said, Come in for a bacon sandwich then. Trina, Bob will make you take your luggage. Stumbled out of my bedroom to find Dad holding three floral staircases upstairs. Auntie was avoiding the kitchen, washing the cupboard doors with vinegar, bacon soda solution. There were three Audi shopping bags on the table filled with sugary cereal and biscuits. Auntie Trina's bird's nest of peroxide hair was stiff and unmoving as she vigorously scrubbed, scrubbed victim scrub kitchen cupboards. Trina's going to stay with us for a bit, Mum announced. She and John Boy can have some quality time. A few minutes later, John Boy sloped of his, out of his bedroom in combat trousers, a cannon clinging to his good leg. John Boy didn't seem at all surprised to see Auntie Trina in the kitchen and granted over the casual, Oh, Mum, you'd better, had you had, have you had another tattoo, she said. John said Auntie Trina, hitting John, boy, about the head with a kitchen roll. Your beard is too long and you look like a terrorist. John, boy, obvious to oblivious to the building. Pour the bowl of sugar puffs. Auntie Trina looked worried then. Won't you have a proper breakfast, son? You can't have a cereal. You'll waste away. I bought you back pudding and two dozen eggs. John, boy, admitted he had a few beers last night, so it wasn't quite up to a few up to four which Auntie Trina hit around the head again. Then demanded to know if he had been cleaning his leg properly. Yes, said John Boy in a tired voice, adding three sugar to his sugar puff. You need to change those dresses every day, said Trina, regretfully prodding John Paul, John Paul Boy's shoulder. Then she had an aggressive sniff with his eyes fire and said, Those sleeves need a good wash, and those underpants. She went, she sent John. Boy, back to his bedroom at Treasure Age. Has he been eating all right, Shirley? Auntie Trina asked. Eyes wide, world of worry as she spooned ten sugars into the teapot. Mum reassured her about the cracking pulp butchers down the road. He had, he had a hot pie or a pasty every day, said Mum. All the sausages he wants for breakfast. Mum's in nutrition views after the 1960s. A meat was glad it's a health food. I'm not the only one. I'm not happy about his this new development. I Auntie Trina staying with us. But I can't really complain since I'm a sickly interloper. Well, we just get. Well, we just have to get used to the smell of bleach and shake him back. Evening. Access phone. Uh, he's finished work at eight. 7 a.m. and thought he might pop over for an early tea supper. Told me I was really in bed, feeling pregnant, weak and exhausted. Given our conflicting sleeping working schedule, it might have been long until we see each other. Wednesday, 10th of January. My nausea is a bit better this morning. So I visited Lauren, baby bear, 
in London. It's probably a mistake to take Daisy on a train. She's okay as long as constantly talk, distract, read stories. But it's like it's like sitting beside a hand grenade, praying it won't go off. The moment I relax, enjoy the scenery, boom. Laura greeted me at the door of a Boonsbury town house, looking like one of those girls in a starlight magazine. My beautiful big sister have already got a figure back. No surprise since she was out jogging five days a week after birth. As gorgeous in loose, turned-up jeans, white pencils and a soft pink cashmere jumper, artfully draped off one shoulder. Her shiny natural blonde hair hangs straight down her back. Her softly lovely face smiled with kindness and love. Baby wore a little shirt and trousers. It looked like a miniature balding executive boss away drunk after boozing lunch. Laura made us tea from herbs and fruit she dried herself. A new new dehydrating machine. She apologised that Zach wouldn't join us, but he's busy with his new winter mine business. Laura and Daisy and I watched a baby bear dribble and chew at things, then vomit white sick over his nice clothes. Just think, said Laura, her eyes going soft. We'll have another one on these soon. I know, I said. How will I cope? Your coat, said Laura. Her sister's serene and actual, and mothered, and everything. She turns to her hand. Two. We're not. We're so not alike. John Reed 11th. Cullum did a bad thing today. He poured all the toiletries into the bathroom. My whitening toothpaste, a bottle of most of the bubble bath. Dad's pine-scented radox, Dad's wash-and-go shampoo, Auntie Trina's rose-scented cologne powder. He sprayed the mixture with John Boy's Linux African deodorant and added brownie prosecutory powder and other dangerous magicians. chemicals. Dad and I discovered Callum in the bathroom, toilet brush in hand, stirring a fizzle, delirious pool of orange liquid. Callum's eyebrows had turned bright white. I suppose was a strange. Which I suppose was some strange reaction to the peroxide fumes. Callum said, "Dad, in his tone's voice, can't you explain what you're doing. I'm doing science." Callum explained. Dad, it's, it's it was in a sense. This isn't science. Where is your hypothesis? Where are your measurement instruments? This is just a mess. Callum did have a side process of sort. He believed his concoction in fed. If he fed something, would create a mega superfood line. The lights I've never seen seen. Turn around, they, they were reading George's Marvelous Medicine at a college school. Told out his favourite sort of punishment, a learning experiment. He had told made Callum turn the message a proper scientific experiment. He walked past the bathroom an hour later and saw a sorry looking Callum measuring and recording everything he wasted. Callum was even more upset when he finally saw his eyebrows in the hallway mirror. How am I going to charm the babies looking like this? He wailed. January, February the 12th of January, headache. This is another feeling system of the early pregnancy and the random migraines that sweep you into bed on hours end. Head is pounding, but I don't think I should make take painkillers. Not while I'm pain pregnant. Mum says I'm too cautious. I I knock back aspirin like to know tomorrow when I was back to you. Your sister and you turned out fine. Plus inside, my moon sickness is getting better, so I can should be heading home soon. But Auntie Trina is 
here and really time to make a move. Wake up this morning to find her vigorously scrubbing plates with bleach. Auntie Trina and Mum are getting on so well. It seems like Trina could stay a while. They found a common topic they agree on, how useless men are. Dad stays in office room most of the day, looking sorry for himself. Put my head up in this afternoon and found Dad rereading the Lord of the Ring. Aloof, hurt expression on his bearded face. It may not be perfect, Dad said, in his stiff voice, wounded voice. It would take, take a scientist to work out that remote control. After him, so, it, it ain't getting worse. Some idiot Yorkie event. Talk Callum to seeing ten bottles of beer on the wall. Oh, Callum was pimped, pumped, pimped up by the song, changed it to 200 bottles of beer on the wall. Callum was long and he seemed especially hell because he cut up a joke shop massage, glued it over his bleached blonde eyebrows. He should be working in Liverpool pub tonight for, but it's a headache parcel, can't. Don't can't think I'll manage it. Mum and I was standing and soon I thought me sit pay. And there's no way I'll take it. I'm dependent I'm dependent going back to the cottage now. Just because I'm sick and pregnant, I hate the boiler. But also because I'll be in a big there'll be a big pile of bills at the door. Saturday, thirteenth of January. Mum and Dad Trina were up late last night, hooting and howling as they sampled a new tequila line. Auntie Trina had never tasted it, tried tequila before, and had an interesting fact making even more money than usual. At midnight, Dad banged on the wall and asked Mum and Auntie Trina to keep their voices down. Mum shouted back at the banging and would wake up the kids. Daisy woke up when Callum woke up. Bandy screeched something about an exam tomorrow. Then Auntie Trey said she had I mean, amazing grace and wouldn't stop. In the end, Mum had to be finished. Auntie tried to kill her usual at midnight. Dad make, uh, had tried to kill her and had an unusual effect, making her more manic than usual. At midnight, Dad banged on the wall and asked Mum and Auntie Trina to keep their voices down. Mum shouted back, and the banging would, would wake up. The banging would wake up the kids. Daisy woke up, and Callum woke up. Dewey, then Bandy shushed, squeaked something about the exam tomorrow. And then Auntie Trina started singing, "Amazing Grace will stop in the end." Mum had to. Had to do to Fireman's lift Auntie Trina into the pull up sofa. Auntie was still on the sofa this morning with a sleep mask on his eyes. Rise. I don't think she's going to be calm today, which, which means. She sat about to wake up with the kids. They woke up, then Callum woke up. Brandy squeaked something about that was Am tomorrow, then Archery and started singing Amazing Grace. Wouldn't stop. In the end, Mother had five runs lift and she trying to pull out the sofa. Andy Trina is still on the sofa this morning with a sleep mask on his eyes. Her eyes. I don't think she'll be cleaning today. 
They beat me and shit, they beat double beat, you know. Double beat, you never think tomorrow. I think you go, go, time to go home, I think.